0: Ohio State University Autumn Quarter Commencement held Sunday, December 14, 2008 at the Jerome Schottenstein Center. 1,579 graduates receive their diplomas. This quarter's commencement speaker is Richard A. Hollingsworth, Vice President for Student Life at The Ohio State University.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one and all to the 386th commencement of the Ohio State University. We are pleased to have you as honored guests as this university bestows academic degrees upon today's graduates. Ladies and gentlemen, I now have the opportunity to introduce our speaker today. He is an Ohio State institution. Students come and go and university presidents come and go and come back again. But for 35 years, Rich Hollingsworth has been a constant. He has been a thoughtful leader who often acted as the glue holding together our massive Ohio State community. Now Vice President for Student Life, Rich began honing his skills as an undergraduate here. Not surprisingly, he was a resident advisor. In the three and a half decades since he has continued to serve students, hundreds of thousands of them as surrogate father, advocate, mediator, cheerleader, landlord, life coach, counselor, mentor, and even mayor. Rich has had so many roles, so many titles, and profoundly affected so many students' lives, it would be understandable if even he has lost track. What will never be lost, however, is his remarkable impact on this university. Throughout his long and storied career, several themes have emerged inclusion, assuring that everyone, regardless of background and upbringing, can call this campus home, direction, advising students so that they can set their own standards and excel as leaders. And sometimes tough love, nudging, cajoling, and reminding students to live up to the high standards of Ohio State. In addition to his work in student life, Rich has given some 6,000 lectures and speeches on the principles of leadership and the importance of personal responsibility. He has graciously agreed to expand his audience and to treat us today to talk number 6001. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to one of Ohio State's most dedicated sons and a valued member of our senior leadership team, Rich Hollingsworth. Rich?
0: Good afternoon. Members of the board, President Gee, Provost Aluto and my administrative colleagues, honorees, distinguished faculty, family and friends in the audience, and most importantly, graduates, it is an honor to address you today. I must begin with a confession. In President Gee's kind introduction, you heard that I received my undergraduate degree at The Ohio State University. That is true. My confession is that I missed my graduation. And not for some good reason, like some personal uh, grave uh, uh, family emergency or that sort. No, I just slept through it. Why did that happen, you might ask? The truth is that in those days, graduation was held on Friday, not on Sunday. We had a tradition on Thursday night, a a tradition obviously some of you uh, are probably aware of because it continues today, uh, at least in the spring, a tradition called the crawl. The goal of the crawl was to sample the libations of each of the bars on High Street. In those days, there were a lot more bars on High Street. That's a whole other story. And I dutifully hit most of them. I went home, fell asleep, and did not wake up until late afternoon long after graduation was over. Now, I share this with you not to prove that I was irresponsible at 21, but rather to say that shortly after I graduated, I was offered a job at Ohio State And I felt so bad missing my graduation, because as as the president suggested, graduation is one of the great moments in the life of the university, it's what we're all about, that I swore at that time that I would never again miss a graduation ceremony, and I have not. This is the 386th commencement of The Ohio State University, and I have been at the last 138, more than a third of all the total. Now, having heard so many commencement addresses, you would think that a writing one would have been a pretty easy task for me. I am here to tell you that this has not been easy. I have heard a few truly memorable commencement addresses, most of which, by the way, were given by faculty or administrators here at the university. But with a few notable exceptions, I have forgotten most of what I've heard out of those 138 or so. Well, I want to be among the memorable speakers and say something that you'll recall tomorrow and next week and when you come back for your 10, 25, even your 50th year reunions. So I started thinking about what might make this address relevant for you as the graduates in this time and in this place, a message that you would carry with you and remember. I hit upon several approaches. First, it seems to me that uh, many of you pay an awful lot of attention to pop culture. Well, who represents pop culture more than Paris Hilton? So what if I did a commencement address in the style of Paris Hilton? Now, this is probably not the truth, but I had heard that Paris got fed up with people thinking that her brain was two cans short of a six-pack. And so she decided, she decided to take a college course in logic. So as hard as it may be, I want you to imagine that I'm a five-foot-eight, too-thin blonde holding a little yappy dog named Tinkerbell, and here is a commencement address in the style of Paris Hilton after she took a college course on logic. Hi. Really, hi. You know, all college graduates are hot. You, all of you, yes, hi. All of you are a college graduate. Therefore, you are hot. Ah. Well, that, that. uh, And and I realized I just pitched the dog. uh, My my apologies to Tinkerbell. Uh, Now that all may be true, Uh, But but, uh, once uh, once you say that, it doesn't give me much place to go. The state of your hotness is not something I really think may be appropriate for uh, for this setting. So I decided to go in a little different direction. I asked myself next, uh, what do we all care about? And of course we had this obsessive uh, uh, obsession with Michigan. And so as that came to mind, I said, what if I did a, a commencement address somehow centered around our feelings about Michigan. Now, of course, if I did that, it could only be in the form of a joke, and at that, the simplest form of joke, which is, of course, a knock-knock joke. So here is a commencement address sitting around Michigan done in the form of a knock-knock joke. And obviously, I can't do this by myself. You're going to have to participate. And so uh, you, know, you know your part. This is, this is pretty simple. So here we go. Knock-knock. No, 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 no! That's pretty lame. You sound like Michigan graduates. Let's do that with, uh, let's do that with Buckeye spirit. Knock, knock. Michigan. Michigan. What did you say? Exactly. Isn't that the point? after we've dominated their little maize and blue behinds for over five years, doesn't that make Michigan pretty irrelevant? Michigan who pretty much ends the conversation, doesn't it? It's time to stop obsessing over Michigan, and thus I knew that Michigan theme was not going to get me very far as a commencement address. So then I went on thinking, well, what else might I talk about? What, what truly is meaningful to all of you? All of you send me, uh, send me emails. And often, these emails right at the end include some sort of an inspirational quote from some famous person. And I save all of these in, a, in an e-file. And since they seem to have meaning to you, I went back and I started looking at these things. I thought, well, if I strung some of these together, they might make a pretty deep and meaningful commencement address. Now, some of you know that I don't like to do a straight lecture. I like student participation. And I often like utilize reading and response. So I'm going to do a little commencement address here with a series of these inspirational quotes or deep thoughts, and I'm gonna ask you to respond. You did pretty well on the knock-knock thing, so I don't think this will be too hard. The response each time from you comes from one of the greatest of the 20th century philosophers, Bobby McFerrin, who taught us and who implored us to don't worry, be happy. And that's going to be your response. I'm going to say something, and then you're going to respond, don't worry, be happy, let's practice. So if I said uh, uh, and and shared this uh, kind of deep thought from Albert Einstein, anyone who has never made a mistake, has never tried anything new, you would respond, don't worry, be happy. Let's practice that. And again, I need that good Buckeye spirit. Anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. Okay, here we go. And keep it up. Build the crescendo. Graduates, this is a special day in your life, and we all know that as one door closes, another door opens. We expect that you will each do great things, because each of you has the capacity to be the change you want to see in the world. Many of you have been involved in important causes, including the environment. And I hope that one of the things that you will do after graduation is continue your concern for the environment and always remember this deep thought, give a hoot, don't pollute. And in conclusion, always remember that what lies behind us and what lies before us are small matters compared to what lies within us and in the end, well done. But those are other people's thoughts. And as deep as they are, a commencement address in somebody else's words would not really be very fulfilling for me and probably not for you. So it came down to maybe I just needed to speak to you from my own heart. What would I say if this was my very last rich text or, for, or, or my parting words, for those of you who aren't familiar with my weekly column, Uh, And as I thought about speaking from my heart, it actually got me focused not just on what was inside of me, but also on your heart. And I wondered if we've prepared your heart to take on the world after graduation as well as we have prepared your mind. Now I feel pretty confident that we've prepared your brain. You wouldn't be sitting here today if you had not mastered the intellectual skills required of an educated person. Uh, You've mastered the content of your major field and have also learned a generalized set of intellectual skills that will allow you to use that knowledge. I am pretty confident, for example, that you can critically analyze a complex data set or deconstruct a piece of literature. I am confident that you can appreciate and understand multiple points of view on a single topic. I am confident that you can abstract general principles from specific cases. And I'm confident that you can solve problems, not only in a linear fashion, but also in more creative kinds of ways. So I stand here feeling very comfortable that your brain is in a good place right now. But what about your heart? Have you developed the skills necessary to balance all this intellectual power, all the brain power that you have with heart? Graduates, uh, do, do, this, uh, do this with me, and audience members, you can do this as well. Uh, reach up and tap your head. Tap, tap, tap. Hard, right? Now, pat your heart. Pat, pat, pat. Soft, right? Hard, soft. Soft, hard. There's probably a reason for this difference. In this life, I think the soft gentleness of the heart balances the cold logic of the brain. Though this may be obvious, But I believe it is not an accident. I believe it is meant to be that way. And on numerous occasions over your life here at Ohio State, you've experienced conflicts between your head and your heart, between logic and feeling. Should I stay in and study for a big test, or go out and party with my friends? Should I remain in a relationship, even though I know it's not going anywhere, or cut it off and move on? Should I tell my mom about something that I did that was pretty bad? Or let her continue to revel in her belief in my inherent innocence? Should I say something to my roommates about their annoying habits or let it go for the sake of roommate harmony? And that list goes on and on, obviously. We find our heart and our heads often at odds. Well, what are the skills uh, of the heart that help us to resolve these and so many other conflicts? Uh, What skills of the heart will help us make very important life decisions? i 'm not going to lecture on this new relatively new field of emotional intelligence. You can search the internet and there 's a lot of good scholarly work being done on this, just uh, Google uh, emotional intelligence, if you want to know more i 'm going to take a much simpler and briefer approach today and talk about two skills of the heart that I hope you have and will continue to develop. The first of those skills is passion. I want your heart to be filled, to ooze, to run over, to overflow with passion. And I hope that as you graduate, we've instilled in you a passion for a great number of things. First, I hope you're passionate about ideas and learning. I feel relatively confident that our PhD candidates here have found their passion, that you have found the thing you want to not only think about, but feel about pretty much every day for the rest of your life. Our master's students are well on their way. Undergraduates, some of you have found that passion, but I know many of you are still searching. When you get out into the world, we'll start to ask questions and continue that search, and that's okay. It is a process. It's a process that takes time and the acquisition of significant life experience, so it may take you a few more years to find that thing that you are truly passionate about. Some of you have, uh, have experienced the unofficial phenomenon called jump in the lake. I want you, if you've done that, I want you to uh, close your eyes for a moment and recall the joy that you felt running down to the lake. Think about this and the pure joy that you had. If you haven't done the jump in the lake, think about another moment in your life when you felt just unadulterated joy. Uh, Maybe when you successfully defended your thesis, your dissertation, if you had a child, the birth of your child, those kind of things. For those of you that did the jump though, I want you to know that I was there. And forgetting for a moment that some of that joy I know was fueled by a liquid refreshment, I have, I have witnessed firsthand that you are capable of experiencing and feeling in your heart just an outrageous amount of passion and joy. And if you can recall that moment or some other moment in your life when you, when you had that just boiling sense of, uh, of, uh, of joy and passion, my wish for you, My challenge for you is that you seek to live every moment of every day as if it was the jump or that other moment of great joy. Live with that level of enthusiasm and happiness. And if you're not loving what you're doing, if you're not feeling with that joy, have the courage to make a change and follow the things that you are passionate about. Find and follow your passion. The second kind of passion I want to just briefly mention is a passion for another person. If you've not found them already, I do believe that there is someone out there meant to spend their life with you and you with them. Someone who is a best friend, and it may not go beyond being best friends, or at a higher level a partner or a spouse. Deep, deep friendship and true romantic love not only connects you to another human being it also helps you come to understand more about who you are, what matters to you, what you value, and the capacity of your heart. Love will temper your harsher emotions and will help your heart be a guide to your brain as you make every important life decision. My friends, in your life, love passionately. The third kind of passion I want to mention in the last here is that I hope we've instilled in you a great passion For your university. I do hope that you have developed a deep affection and love for your Ohio State. Carry that Buckeye spirit in your heart wherever life's journey takes you. Well, if the first skill of the heart is passion, it's twin, and the second skill is compassion. This is an area where I know you've done some tremendous work in developing your heart while you've been in in college. Many of you have spent countless hours in community service and service learning activities giving back to others, bettering our communities here and abroad, and we applaud and thank you for so generously sharing your heart. Many of you have also demonstrated tremendous compassion every day, done through thousands of small acts of caring and love and kindness. Might be consoling a friend who didn't do as well as they would have liked on an exam. Or spending hours upon hours uh, helping a classmate recover lost computer data. Or comforting a friend who has lost a loved one. Or looking after someone who overindulged and spent most of their night with their head in a wastebasket, or worse. But no matter what, you have done thousands upon thousands of acts of caring of other people, of being compassionate. You have demonstrated compassion in your life at this university. And I believe you must carry that uh, uh, kind of compassion, that kind of commitment, and all of the thousands of good deeds and caring and loving that's still inside of you out into the world. There is so much that still needs to be done in this world, the world needs your compassion. I am sure you are familiar with uh, with the old saying, to whom much is given, much is expected and you have been given a lot. Now I'm not talking about your degree, you have earned your degree. What I am talking about is that you've been given the opportunity to get an education. Since you are surrounded uh, by, by folks working on degrees most of your time in school, it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that everyone has a college education. This is just not the case. The latest data I have shows that in this country, Only about 17% of people have a bachelor's degree. Think about that, that leaves 83%, the huge majority of people in this country who do not have the education that you have. And the number's even smaller, only about 10% of individuals in this country have a graduate degree. So no matter where you started in life, at both the bachelor's and the graduate level, when you leave here today, you are joining the intellectual elite in this country. And please never forget, then, that that education and all the opportunities that it already has and will provide for you is a gift. And because you have this gift, much is going to be expected of you. My sincerest desire is that you continue, both in your head and in your heart, to learn about the human condition. Find an issue or two, be it hunger or homelessness or disease or peace or education or any of a dozen other issues uh, that stirs your heart and use that caring, use your heart to power and drive your brain to find lasting uh, solutions to these persistent human problems. I hope in your heart you will reach out and touch other people, that you will embrace people. In fact, let's do that now. I want you to turn to, as crazy as this is going to sound, I want you to turn to somebody around you and just give them a hug and hold it for a count of about five. Do that now. Audience, you can do this too if you want. You're all part of the Ohio State family, so you're all related basically at this point. That was nice to see. Now, that may have felt a little silly, but I also suspect that it felt kind of good. One of the wonderful side benefits of our engaging others is that it makes us feel good. It makes our heart glow. And you know this is true from your community service, from your caring for others while you're here in college, and you know that so many of you, this caring, these acts of caring have not only changed your life, but you've told me that it transforms your life. And as you graduate then, I hope you will connect with people in your own community, with people across this country, connect with people around the world. Developing compassion and serving others are not choices. They are obligations. They are responsibilities arising from this incredible gift. You will leave here today possessing a college education. Compassion is an essential skill of the heart. I promise to be brief, and so there you have it my last rich text, my last words of advice and encouragement. So what are the takeaways uh, from today? First, as you engage in the process of learning throughout your life, please focus on developing both your mind and your heart. Use your heart and the values that are embedded in it to inform and guide your intellect. Develop and demonstrate passion and compassion, and please know that there is much that will be expected of you. In short, continue to expand your heart. Second takeaway is that Bobby McFerrin was not a shallow and mindless songwriter. He was onto something when he taught us, don't worry, be happy. You deserve happiness. Being happy is a good thing. And don't blame other people in life or circumstances if you're not happy. You're in charge of your life, including your happiness, And so the second takeaway is follow your heart and you will be happy. Third takeaway, stop obsessing over things that are irrelevant. Michigan who pretty much says it all. Finally, and fourth, in a few minutes, you'll be an Ohio State graduate. Many of you will understand the reference when I suggest that as Buckeyes, you're a bunch of killer nuts and also you're hot. So grow your heart, follow your heart, focus your heart, and be a Buckeye forever in your heart. My dear students, it has been a pleasure serving you during your years here. Please know that I am proud of you. Your university is proud of you. I have every confidence that you will be incredibly successful and happy in life, and that you will in fact follow your heart and do great things to make this world a better place. Thank you, and as always, Go Bucks!